Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Welcome to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm Linda Crater, and I will be the host today because Sandra Beck has taken the day off and will be back very soon. Today's roundtable discussion is about doubt. And our amazing guests today are Cynthia Rowland from Oklahoma, Kimberly Rinaldi from Los Angeles, Lou Paget, also from Los Angeles, Chisambra Kimes from Missouri, and I have to admit that I'm not certain where Allie Katz is. So welcome, ladies, and Allie, where are you from? Maybe Allie is not on. We will go on. We're going to be talking about doubts today, and it's funny. Doubts usually have nothing to do with our true abilities or achievement, but it seems like women are plagued by self-doubt more than men. And what is it about doubt that stalls us, makes us question ourselves, and what situations cause it for you? Um, I'm intrigued because I have found that as I've become older and presumably wiser, (laughs) that I can reduce the situations that cause me doubt, but it still happens sometimes, and there are still situations that cause me to be flustered. And honestly, doubts seem to come at the oddest and most inconvenient times, But I have figured out in general that the spark for that usually came from my younger self and a transient insecurity. So I am very eager to hear what you all think about doubts, where they come from, and if they still bother you. So Kimberly, I'd love to start with you today. Have you mastered the doubt moments? And if so, what do you tell yourself? I doubt it. No, seriously. (laughs) Um, In all seriousness. You know, it's it's one of those, and I, I refer to it as the crap-flinging monkey that lives in your head, mm. <clears throat> only I'm not so gracious when I'm referring to it off radio. Um, <clears throat> what it is, we, I truly believe we all come in whole and complete. Watch any two-year-old, they're going to tell you how fabulous they are. They're going to tell you they're capable of anything. Their favorite words are, me, do it, and they will scream it in your face <laughs> while they're incapable of doing whatever it is they're telling you they can do. Fabulous creatures, and that's how we all come in. Doubt comes in from the crap flinging monkeys that we get infected by that live in the people that surround us. So every time I starve one, kick one out, serve it an eviction notice, I'll be <laughs> damned if another one doesn't step in and try and take its place. That's part of human nature and behavior. So what do you do? You have to find ways to work through it. For me, simply, I bite my tongue, I don't respond, and I try and step into the discomfort and find what I need from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Cynthia, this is Cynthia speaking. Yep, there you go. Okay. I understand doubt intimately. I understand it because sometimes we just get into a space where we need to refocus so that we can gain confidence again. Doubt is a result of not having everything the way it needs to be for you to be successful. And as a businesswoman for 26 years, or more actually, I make that more like 35 years, doubts can creep in at the most inopportune times. And especially, like Kimberly just said, other people around us can make it come even faster. That 
because they're not, they don't have the confidence in themselves and it can just rub off on you. And I always have to say that my confidence is usually very, very high comes from the realization of who my source is so that I don't stumble and I don't fall. And I think that's probably the best advice I can give to people is to get yourself aligned with spirit and then your confidence level can begin to accelerate because you've focused in on what's really important. Okay. <clears throat> this is Lou and I'm going to jump in here. I think when we look at, at doubt, we have to also look at that it's on a continuum. There's small doubts. Am I going to miss my plane? Then there's big doubts. Oh my God, are they fooling around on me? Uh, and I think in we have to put things into perspective. So I doubt for me is it doesn't run my world. Uh, things that are uncertain are things that I tend to look at and stand back and go, oh, okay. What kind of shadow is hanging out over here? Because if you've got something that's telling you, because for many people, doubt ends up being that there's something wrong with them. And in all actuality, I would say that there isn't something wrong with them. They just haven't turned the light on in the room to see what's really going on. And if you turn the light on in a room, you're going to see things differently and it doesn't have to run you. I also, when something is uncertain, it doesn't have to be a big, huge wall. It can be a little teeny tiny fence, right? And you can lower that fence and you can jump over it. This is all about perception and it's all about how you are. Do you feel you have the ability to make changes in your own life? If you do, doubt then drops down. Uncertainty drops down. And I think when we're you know, dealing with a group of dynamic women, we've all had to deal with times when, when I was first writing my you know, first of my five books, look, I got an F in English when I was in university. You did so, not. I did. Uh. Was, truth, truth be told, I, there was a guy I had, a, I, I was crushing on who was in the class. And then I found out there was nothing between the two of us. So I didn't end up going to the class. Well, you know, you can't get a grade if you don't hand in papers, right? There is that, yeah. So, but what I look at is I never, writing was not what I thought I'd ever be doing, but someone said, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And, but I come from a, an entrepreneurial background where I'm not the standard nine to five mentality. I'm a go and get something done mentality. And that is, that served me very well. So the doubting thing was more, who do I need to talk to in order to figure out how to do this? That's where I go. Who do I need to find that I can bounce this off of and get some information that will help me? Whether that is a book, whether that's, you know, the own network, whether it is a friend, whether it's another person who's done the same thing in business, that's what I look for. Right. It's to somber here. You know, for me, doubt is, is something that I, I personally, I still struggle with it, you know, and I think it comes from me when I was younger. You know, I, I think it's definitely, 
you know, making mistakes, making those mistakes and realizing, oh, crap, you know, I, I messed up, I screwed up. And that kind of, for me personally, it's it stuck with me for a while. Like, maybe I can't do this because the last time I, I screwed it up or I messed it up. And I mean, it took me years, years to finally develop a learning mindset that now if I make a mistake, I can learn from that mistakes and mistakes are good. You know, mistakes are, are positive things that, that help me know that I'm, I'm learning and growing and getting better. And when it comes to, um, you know, I can relate to the whole business aspect, the whole entrepreneurial aspect as well. You know, and I just started realizing, you know, maybe it would be easier if I put this self-doubt thing down. You know, and if I just put it down and start focusing more on just doing, you know, just the act of doing whatever it is that that I'm, whether it's putting on makeup, you know, for by myself and walking outside. I mean, literally that 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 was like a fear of mine. Oh, my God, I can't do makeup. I'm going to look terrible. You know, you know, putting makeup on and walking out and, and feeling comfortable and confident about that. Um you know, there's also the whole deal with, you know, with business. I mean, you have to make so many decisions and trusting that, you know, this is a, this is a good decision. I mean, when it comes to parenting, it's a matter of, oh my gosh, you know, am I failing as a parent? Because, you know, my, my, my child is, is responding or reacting one way or, you know, do they have everything? I never thought of it as, as, you know, little, doubts and large doubts, but that, you know what I mean? I, I can see it now because you're right. You know, there, there have been a lot of times where, um, my doubts used to be really great. They used to be, oh my gosh, I was fearful, you know, is, is my business going to survive? Is my marriage going to survive? Is, you know, everything was so fearful, um, you know, because of doubt. So I just had to, for me, I just, you know, I'm glad I have this yeah. learning mindset. There you go, Alice. Absolutely. You know, I actually did this experiment with myself for a while where I really understood that my doubts were really a call to lean on my trust and my faith and you know, my intuition. And I did this experiment for a while. I had a journal. I called it my intuition journal. And when I would have a feeling about something, I would pay attention to if I doubted that feeling or I listened to it. And I kept track in the journal of what happened when I did trust myself or I instead doubted myself and didn't listen to my intuition. And what happened was amazing because whenever I listened to the gut instincts that I had and trusted myself and had that faith, the right thing happened. And inevitably, if I didn't, the wrong thing happened. And I'm big things, little things, like even I paid attention to like getting dressed for a party and having this gut instinct that I was wearing the wrong thing and being like, ah, whatever, it's fine. And showing up to the party in completely the wrong thing. So even just <laughs> little things, but it was amazing to actually keep track and you know, that really helped to strengthen my trust muscles and my faith muscles and to stop doubting myself so much. And also building that compassion, like what you were saying, that self-compassion for when we do make mistakes, how they're a vehicle for learning and growth and strengthening our muscles so that mm -hmm. we can have more faith in ourselves. I love We're coming up on a break. So I want to just set up what we'll talk about after the break. 
And I want to know your opinions on, do women underestimate their own abilities? And are we our worst inner critic? I think we may have a few thoughts on that topic. So you're listening to Dynamic Women Radio, and we are here with Cynthia Rowland, Kimberly Rinaldi, Lou Paget, Allie Katz, and Tassambra Kimes. And we will be back after these short messages, coming back to talk about are we our own worst inner critic? Talk to you soon. Stay tuned. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether it's lunges or crunches or tricep dips, there is usually one exercise that you dread doing. I tell my clients that when they are working out on their own, to do the exercise that they like the least first. I have several women clients who really want to shape up their lower body, but they despise lunges or squats in any form. So we always do those exercises at the beginning of the workout when they have more energy and enthusiasm. By waiting until the end of the exercise session, especially if they're working out on their own, it is too easy to cut the workout short and not do those important exercises. For me, abdominal work is my least favorite, so I always do my abdominal exercises right after I warm up. After I get those out of the way, I concentrate on lifting weights, which I really do enjoy. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's there are more cats in U.S. households than any other pet. Most allurophiles or cat owners know that unlike dogs, taking Kitty for a ride in the car isn't any fun. I mean, you never see a cat hanging its head out the window, enjoying the breeze. Today's domestic cat is descended from a small Mideastern wildcat. A group of kittens is called a kindle. And a group of adult cats is a clouder. What's the word for those dust balls composed entirely of cat hair? Fluffernugans. Personally, I like pigs better than either cats or dogs. Dogs are subservient and look up to man. Cats are aloof and look down on man. A pig, however, will look you in the eye and see as equal. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. So let's talk about it. Do women underestimate their abilities in general? Do we minimize what we do? And then are we our own worst inner critic? Let's start again with Kimberly. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, here's the thing. It's something that we're taught. It's the sugar and spice and everything nice nonsense. Little girls don't do that. Little girls aren't competitive. Little girls sit with their hands in their laps. Good little girls wait their turn. We're taught all of these things in order to behave in a societally acceptable manner. The problem is it doesn't work in the real world, and this is what I've been saying for years. Um, Lou mentioned something about perception, and it really triggers for me. Mm -hmm. And I want all of you ladies and, and everyone listening to stop and think about something. Your 
we use the term subconscious mind. I prefer the term creative consciousness. It's what's working 24-7, whether you're working with it or not, does not know the difference between real and perceived. Mm -hmm. To point, how many times have you ladies woken up from a dream, whether it's you're angry at the partner and you want to kick him, and all he did was sleep next to you, but God, you know what he did in the dream really pissed you off. Or you're dealing with a loss and you're heartbreaking all over again and you wake up in tears or it's a sexy dream and hey, you wake up feeling really good. Creative consciousness does not know the difference between real and perceived. That is just how it works. Mm -hmm. So here's something I want you to all think about. Don't believe everything you think. <laughs> Period. Well put. Absolutely. Don't everything you think. You've got to start applying some really conscious filters to this and deciding what works and what doesn't. And you, frankly, have the choice. And that's my point to this. So stop and think about it. Creative consciousness can't determine between real and perceived. Your choice is what you're going to believe. Mm. Those are good tips, aren't they? Well, I definitely believe that women underestimate themselves because of the business that I'm in. And my business is beauty and it's facial beauty and how to maintain a youthful looking face. And most women are the worst critics of themselves when it comes to <laughs> looking in the mirror. And they, it's, it's frightening to think that the, the words and the thoughts that they have makes me realize that they have no peace in their lives at all because they are already beautiful. They just need a little bit of oomph to make them feel more beautiful. So when you say, do women underestimate themselves? I would say all the time, but they're so powerful in their own right. If they just would step into that power and give up the doubt, enjoy the peace, and do facial magic, they'll feel much better. <laughs> and that website is what? Facialmagic.com, of course. <laughs> but I'm so serious because once you start looking in the mirror and you start having this relationship with yourself, that deeper self, then you see the changes not only physically, but from the inside out, you become mm -hmm. a less doubtful person and with more confidence. Agreed. Lou? Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to piggyback on what I think, Kimberly, you mentioned about the subconscious or what you call the creative consciousness. And one of the things, if people want, here's what we know we can do. You can rewire your brain. What is it? 95% of what you do on a daily basis is subconscious. You're not thinking about it. It's just occurring. And so people thinking that their reactions to things are their, you know, their brain is in charge of it. No, it's not. Knock, knock. What is in charge of it is that subconscious. And that's the thing. If you do look at Bruce Lipton's work, he has a phenomenal book. And he just recently has come out with a thing that's called The Biology of Belief. But he has done a series with Hay House. And it will give you access to being able to shift things in your own world. So if you're thinking you're not confident enough, or if you're thinking, oh, I'm worried about, you know, how I look, you can change that 
yourself. And once, you know, and I did mention this on the break, that we can be our own worst friend and we can also be our best friend. And I think the more that we look at what's the reset and what is the different behaviors, and let's be honest, thank goodness. I mean, if all you have to do is go to a grocery store and you are very thankful you are not a celebrity whose body is picked apart, right? And, you know, I mean, it's so ridiculous that they get down to the point if someone has an issue with their their pinky toe. I mean, stop immediately. (laughs) It's just so absurd. And yet we, this, for some reason, and and I'm quite thankful about this myself, I'm happy to see that these are not selling these rag mags. Mm -hmm. But what (laughs) is, what is happening is there is this thing of if you are female, your body has to look a particular way. You have to have this sort of thing. And I don't care what anyone says. There really is a privilege of being good looking. There's no question. And people saying that that doesn't occur, they're lying. Mm-hmm. It does. Our studies well, prove it. Absolutely. You know, attractive children in school are favored. So um, it, it's yeah. throughout our lives. Right. But here's what we have. Here's what we also know is there are certain people who have what we call that it factor. And that it factor is that that person isn't invariably the best looking person. They aren't invariably, you know, the smartest person, but they have a something about them that makes them feel that they feel confident about themselves. And it's also they invariably like themselves. And I think if we can this does, we can do these in baby steps. You don't have to go like, oh, I love myself. Oh my God, I'm amazing. We can't go from, you know, <laughs> I'm a train wreck to I'm amazing. But you can do baby steps. And those mm-hmm. baby steps are something as simple as, my hair looks great today. Oh my goodness me, what a nice color of lipstick or something that makes you feel good about you. I completed that uh, assignment. I got that done. Oh my God, look at my desk. How awesome am I? small steps where you're not doubting what you can do. You're not doubting that you have capability. What you are looking at is what you did do. And I think that's something, if we give ourselves an opportunity and we give ourselves a support factor inside of ourselves, that little doubt meter starts going way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. You know, I'm going to jump in here. This is to Sombra. I really like the doubt meter going down. And one thing that helps me with that is to stop comparing myself to everything and everybody. You know, comparison is a thief of joy and it just fuels doubt in my experience. And so it's just a matter of stopping the comparison and Just stop being so mean to yourself. I mean, the things that we say to ourselves sometimes is so mean. We would never say it to our friends. We would never say it to our family. We would never say it to anyone else. But yet we tear ourselves apart. And so we should just definitely stop that. But to me, the comparison thing, like you said, that getting rid of that takes my turns, turns my, my doubt meter down. (laughs) 
<laughs> so absolutely just... I love that you said that and I think the key is awareness sometimes mm -hmm. we don't even realize how much we're doing these things how much we're comparing how much we're criticizing ourselves and nothing can really change until we're aware of it right. so one way to become aware I teach people all the time is to use your body to help you. If you say something or you think something that doesn't feel good in your body, in your gut, in your chest, you, you know, that's your body's signal that this isn't good for you. And that my meditation practice, I don't know how many of you are meditators, but really, really changed this for me because the kinder you are to yourself in meditation, the kinder you become to yourself in everyday life. So... I, in meditation, you know, if my mind would wander, I would be compassionate towards myself and say, it's okay, this is part of the process. So I learned how to do that in meditation. So outside of meditation, if I would have these ego thoughts of judgment or self-doubt or self-criticism, I would literally say outside, out, excuse me, out loud, like, ego, you're not invited into my day. You're not invited into this situation. See ya. Get out of here. <laughs> and the more I did that, the less it stopped coming around. I really did rewire and retrain myself to stop having so many of those thoughts. And another thing that's really interesting is how things started to become labeled as bragging versus celebrating. I'm really big on this. Maybe we can talk about this more a little bit after the break, but that sharing good things is considered bragging when I think it should really be considered celebrating. I'd love to know how you guys feel about that. I'm going to jump in here. This is Kimberly. Um, you know, it, it, I have been graced with good genetics. Um, People tell me I'm pretty. People tell me I'm smart. I have a high IQ. I recognize and acknowledge these things as a child. They are facts. And those made them easy for me to accept. It's not a brag. It's a celebration. I love it. I accept it. Somebody else tells me, and I take a step back out of a little bit of discomfort. Um, I know it. I accept it. I, I think last night I said something along the lines of if I had a penis, I'd sleep with me. Um, <laughs> actually out there in, in Facebook world um, because I am that awesome. And, you know, I, I have no problem doing that. But there's still that little discomfiture, that doubt when somebody else recognizes it because now I feel there's a level to live up to. It's like, oh, crap, somebody said I'm pretty. Now they're going to expect me to be dressed and wear makeup. Now they're going to expect me to have a bath on board and be queen. Um, pants, even. Do you have I, a tiara, dear? Uh, well, I do. You, you all know I wear the tiara, and I rock the tiara whenever I need to. But that's, that's the thing, is when you find what you're good at, whether it's genetically inherent, whether it's something that you have acquired or achieved, don't just celebrate it. Jump in 100% own it and you'll watch that expand outward. It's a fabulous thing. Then learn that thank you is a whole and complete sentence. You don't have to say anything else when somebody acknowledges you. So that being said, we're actually going into our next break. When we come back, we're speaking with Dynamic Women on Dynamic Women Talk Radio, hosted by Linda Creter and Sandra Beck. Sandra's on a little bit of a break today, but we'll be coming back with Allie Katz, Cynthia Rowland, Lou Paget, Tassombra Kimes, Linda Creter, and me, Kimberly Rinaldi. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. 
cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids. His dogs love it, too. Last night, I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachnophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. We have all heard the saying that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But is that true? According to Eat This, Not That, research shows that people who take time for a morning meal consume fewer calories over the course of the day, have stronger cognitive skills, and are 30% less likely to be overweight or obese. It's also interesting to note that people who skip breakfast are more likely to drink alcohol and smoke, and they're less likely to exercise. Your morning meal, in other words, is like the foundation of your house. Everything else rests on it. Eating breakfast sets you up for successful eating for the rest of your day. Make eating a healthy, low-calorie breakfast your priority. And don't skip the most important meal of the day. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. And in talking about doubt, it brought to mind for me the fact that I think that women often self-sabotage because they start to doubt their relationships. That you, when you start with doubt and a lack of confidence, then you act that way. You're not very composed. You become not your best self. And by doubting relationships, sometimes we tank them unintentionally. At least I know that I've been guilty of that. So, Cynthia, what do you think about that? Well, I think women can be their own worst enemies in many different aspects of their life. And, yes, they can be beaten down by their relationships with their husbands and their girlfriends and their co-workers. I work by myself most of the time. I'm a loner and I just stay by myself. But I, I have women who contact me from all over the world and they suffer from self-doubt. They look in the mirror, they see their mother's faces looking back at them. They don't like themselves anymore. And my job to help them is to learn that they can renew their thinking and transform their lives just by subtle little changes in their thinking. Because when I hear from them that they don't like themselves, they don't like their faces, it, it puts a burden on everybody around them because they're so unhappy. And... I agree with all of you when you say that you should celebrate your life and celebrate everything that goes on with you that you want to talk about. That's something I think that women get shut down is that maybe from their husbands or from their girlfriends, they just 
need to have more confidence. And that comes from creating more peace and renewing their mind so that they accept themselves on a better level, on a higher level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> okay. Here we go. When we look at, um, let's look at the the cultural standpoint of, do you? Many times, women get judged by, are they or have they been in a relationship? Do they have the capability of getting, you know, of being married? Do they have this? Um, have they had children? Have you done this? And there's all these little judgment things that are constantly thrown at women that some of these things are outside of their own, you know, their own ability to make happen. So when we talk about self-sabotaging, I'd like to try take, take that wheel and go and turn it a little bit and say, look, Someone else's opinion of you is not your worth. How you are, let's be responsible for what you can be responsible for. Not that someone else says, oh, you're supposed to have a thigh gap. Oh, you're supposed to have a this. I mean, the majority of things that you see on any of these social media things, are they're like reality shows. They're fabrications. Mm-hmm. No one has, you know... Do you see anybody putting up stuff about my life is really shitty right now? Uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> see everyone coming. No, no, up. no. It's the Facebook. Everything's rosy mentality. Yeah, and it's and the highlight Facebook, real. Right. The highlight and, it, real. and it must be true if it's on Facebook too, right? <laughs> right. Thank you. So what I want people to be aware of is that what when you think this, you know, if you're looking at something and you're going, oh, and if what we do is we do comparison things. That's what fantasies are based on. Oh, I'd love to drive that car. I'd love to live in that house. Well, if you want to drive that car and live in that house, well, you can. You don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. Yet when I ask people if they think that being in a relationship is one of the most important things for them, many times they will say yes. And if I ask them why, it's they want to have the feeling of being loved and being wanted and listen chosen well being and, and the loved part of it mm-hmm. we all i don't care who you are we want to be loved mm-hmm. we want to love and we want to know that we have had an impact and that our lives have had something worthy so rather than looking at the the doubt side of things i ask people what do people who are 103 years old and or someone who is dying what do they tell you are the most important things in their life and focus on that. And invariably they look at what they wish they had done Mm -hmm. and who they loved and what they loved. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when people, you know, when you take, let's do a gin martini, let's do a classic gin martini. Don't put any mixins in it. Don't put any extra olive stuff in it. Just have a classic martini. And then you will have the classics are invariably the thing that move you out of doubt the little black dress, the classic pump, mm-hmm. you know, the outfit, like a little mascara, something that's a classic moves many people out of doubt. And if you are not ready to be in a relationship, don't do it. Do not be in something just because it looks good 
or because you think you should. Many, too many people stay in relationships way longer than they should because they don't want to be alone. Definitely. It's so important. It's so important to love yourself. It's so important to love yourself before you get into a relationship. You know, I love myself so my husband can love me. You know, I, I really feel like it's a heavy burden to put on a person to expect them to, you know, to fill your love cup, if you will. And, uh, you know, but the whole self-sabotaging and the whole, like, doubt that still kind of comes into play, even if you do love yourself, I think, sometimes. Um, my husband, every morning, you know, I, I wake up and I'm, I'm looking a hot mess. I know I am. I'm looking a hot mess. And he'll turn to me and he'll say, you look beautiful this morning. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like... <clears throat> This hot mess, like I don't, I don't, you know, I haven't even washed my face. I haven't brushed my teeth. Like, just stop lying to me. Just be quiet. And at first, in the beginning, it really like bothered me. But now I'm learning to just say, you know, thank you for loving me. You know, just thank you for loving me. And I stop beating myself up, <laughs> you know, by critiquing every little bad thing that's, that's wrong with me, you know, and I just, I thank my husband for loving me. And then I love myself more. You know, and I accept yeah. my, you know, all my little quirks, all of my little, you know, imperfections. I'm learning to accept those and love those more. And, yeah. and there you go again. That turns down my little self-doubt that throws it out, out the window or at least puts it at bay for a little while, you know. I love that. I'm actually going to shift gears to adult female friendships because I love everything you guys have been saying about um, marriage and um, and those types of relationships. Personally, I feel like adult female friendships have been way harder than I anticipated. I never had friendship issues growing up. And I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? I thought it was supposed to be easier as an adult. And it actually was really shocking to me some of the things that came up as an adult in friendships. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned was to take some of the pressure off. And I think what sabotaged some relationships for a while was not accepting the ebb and the flow and that relationships changed. And as I grew and changed and evolved, relationships, certain ones felt differently and they needed to grow and evolve and change and ebb and flow. And not everyone is meant to be in your life forever. And sometimes there's just amazing lessons that we're supposed to learn from a friendship or a relationship, but it's not meant to be forever. And then sometimes you're meant to kind of ebb and then sometimes you come back together when you're both a little bit different. And so for me, a lot of it was taking some of that pressure off and trusting and allowing things to happen as they needed to instead of thinking something was always wrong if something felt hard because I was pushing it too much because I couldn't let go of my grasp enough to let things ebb and flow as they needed to. I like that. Um, you know, I want to, number one, I want to go back to Lou's classic martini. I love you just based on that. Just, you know, you and me, <laughs> booze. I'll buy. I'm, I'm with you. I'm a tiara. I'll bring one for you. Um, but you mentioned something and it triggered for me um, the importance of loving yourself. And this was something that I, in all of the relationship coaching and I've couples coached men individually, women individually, couples together, families. Um, and even Allie, this kind of speaks to your 
ebb and flow conversation until you absolutely, and you can tell I have some amazing self-confidence and, and you know, nah. personal self-esteem here, until you fall in love with you, until you really feel that you are someone worth spending time with, until you think that you're worthy of your own investment and involvement, why in the hell would anybody else if you don't? And it's just, it's a basic concept. If you're like, I don't want to be alone. I, you know, I'm going to do everything to keep from being alone. I just, I, I want someone to fill this gap. Why would anybody want to be there if that is what you're feeling is that you are not enough? Because you're behaving that way. Um, your thoughts create your beliefs. Your beliefs create your behaviors. Your behaviors ultimately create the world around you. And I know Lou and Cynthia had both mentioned the thoughts becoming things and, and to Sombra and Allie as well. The thing is, it's, it is biology. These are biochemical electrical impulses. And when I get into biology and the biochemistry of it, it is, frankly, addictive behavior. Mm -hmm. So until you change that addiction, the addiction of I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I don't deserve until you change that addiction by saying, you know what, I am worthy. I'm going to open the bath salts and use them. They are not sitting on the counter. I'm going to wear the pretty underwear. I'm going to light the candles. I am going to use the good dishes. I am not going to save this for a special occasion. I am that special occasion. And to Sombra, you mentioned your, your husband waking up every morning and falling in love with you. That is an addictive behavior, and it's a fabulous one, and I love that. And every time Mr. Rinaldi tells me I love you, or I'll say I love you, he says I love you more, I smile and say I will let you. It's not true. I love me more, but that's the bottom line. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, you summed it up in a, where you said thank you is a complete sentence. Yeah. And I think that that's something so simple that can really – Stop with the doubt and the, the self-deprecation that we often do. Oh, no, no, I'm, I don't look good today. I look awful. I'm a hot mess. So the thank you is a full sentence is, is a really wonderful takeaway message from this. So unfortunately, we're coming up on another break. And if you like these shows, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com for more. And these amazing women will come back and talk further about doubt and perfectionism and We'll be right back. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. that besides home and work, Americans spend more time at the mall than anywhere else? There are 50,000 shopping malls in the United States alone. The Mall of America, located between Minneapolis and St. Paul, is the largest in the world with more than 500 stores. What's a word for a person who is a compulsive shopper? An oniomaniac. Studies have shown that women will buy more if they hear their heels clicking on the floor. So designers often use hard flooring in hallways. Of course, the stores want customers to spend all their coopity coop. That's another word for money. Well, I gotta run. There's only one more shopping day until tomorrow. My husband said if I don't quit shopping so much, he would leave me. Lord, I'm gonna miss that man. It's 
Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to Fitness Magazine, the majority of us are getting enough protein. Most nutritionists agree that active women need about half a gram per pound a day, or approximately 65 grams for a 130-pound woman. The USDA reports that most of us, even vegetarians, are eating 69 grams of protein daily, so we are good. If you are as active as recommended and exercise for more than an hour, five or more days a week, you should increase your protein intake to 0.75 grams per pound. Eating protein within 30 to 45 minutes after you work out rebuilds and repairs the micro tears in muscle tissue that occurs when you exercise. Taking in protein right after you work out will make you feel less sore the next day and increases your lean muscle mass. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back, and we're going to be talking on this segment about some of the tips and things that we have learned that seem to really break up that pattern of self-doubt. And and I'll tell you a little story. Uh, Sometimes when we aren't even aware that we're doing it, that we've become more comfortable with ourselves. I recently went to D.C., and I'm traveling home, very relieved that I was leaving D.C., and I was on the metro, and I am, am just calmly sitting on the train, not thinking any thought. And as I walked out to the parking garage, this man said to me, total stranger, are you really as confident and composed as you look? And I was shocked because I was paying attention to no one. I was minding my own business. I was evidently looking pleasantly accessible. And I thought to myself, I wasn't even thinking about being confident and composed, but I was comfortable in my skin that day, very comfortable in my skin. I felt like I looked good. I knew a good job in D.C., and I dispelled the doubt, and the point that I'm trying to make is it showed on the outside, much as Cynthia mentioned earlier. If you feel good about the smallest things, you really do show it to the world, and you start to attract that law of attraction again. So let's talk in this time we have left about some of the things that have worked for you and made you feel like you were more comfortable in your skin and exuded confidence instead of doubt. Who wants okay. to go first? I will speak to that. This is Cynthia. Okay. It came to me as all of you were sharing such wonderful advice to the listeners that thoughts in mind create after their kind. So if we think good thoughts, if we don't have self-doubt and that self-talk that is so debilitating, we begin to create a more positive atmosphere for our bodies and our minds and our emotions to live from. One of the things that has helped me tremendously after spending many, many years going to Unity Church, and that is the positive affirmations that they teach. And so when you have a bad day or when I have a bad day, one of the things I can recommend to you is to stand in front of your mirror and say things like, I share a heart and soul connection with others, or I love myself completely. 
or abundance is everywhere, depending on the what's going on in your mind, the thoughts that have been created in your mind, turn those around and use positive affirmations uh, to get yourself on a different track. And that's one of the things that I used teaching with uh, little children. Actually, they weren't so little, uh, ages 2 to 18, to help them understand and get on a better pathway. So if we just realize that doubt, self-doubt creates a mental whirlwind, we can easily corral those thoughts and make ourselves in a, to put ourselves in a better place just by using affirmations that are so easy to come up with. Mm -hmm. In fact, I use them a lot in my business and I hope that that will help everyone listening is that you can create a difference just by the words and thoughts you think. True. True. No question. No question. Um, this is Lou and I'm going to jump in. Uh, what I, when people are dealing with issues, what I suggest to them and what I do myself, again, you know, uh, sort of springboarding on what you think. I mean, your thoughts are things. Let's not kid ourselves. Yep. Whether it's you're following uh, the Mortar March or Abraham Hicks, the law of attraction is a law. Mm-hmm. And what you think is what you attract in. And when you are looking at something, again, I, I come from the standpoint that we are all one. So if you are speaking about, I am, I am grateful, thankful for, you are always going to look at what is positive. You're not going to be saying, I don't want to be overweight. The moment you do that, the universe doesn't hear anything other than overweight. So when you are focused on, I am just, I am thrilled that I can make this contribution. I love that the, I have beautiful sunshine. Anything that puts you into what I, you know, that plus sign over your heart. Your heart is the thing that understands and senses things long before your brain does. If you think between your ears, listen, it's tough when people are smart because they think that their brain's their best friend. No, it's not. (laughs) Your heart is the thing that will tell you the truth. And here's what I tell people if they're in a relationship and they want to know, how do I know if I'm in the right relationship? If you're already being intimate with someone and you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at that person and it makes your heart smile, chances are you know you're in the right place. Here's why. When you are vertical during the day, invariably it's that six inches between your ears that is running the show. And that's not your best friend. But when you wake up in the middle of the night, the thing that is having the reaction is the heart brain. And the heart brain is the one that cannot lie to you and will always tell you the truth. So if you wake up and you look at this person, you go, you know, why am I here? Time to start listening. But if you do, and when you, so if you listen to the heart brain, you're, again, the doubt meter goes down, your intuition goes up, and your ability to believe what you are feeling and thinking goes up as well. And most people have doubt because they get told their thoughts aren't right. Well, you know what? Chances are your thoughts are right. 
If you're with someone and you go, this person says, well, you're not this something. Who are they to be telling you that? Mm -hmm. That's them. That's them verbally throwing up on you. That's not okay. Right. Remove yourself from that. And the moment that you're around someone who is critical, look at what the motivation is of them being critical. Mm -hmm. Are they insecure about something with you? Are they trying to control you? And if that's the case, I'm going to make a strong suggestion. Chances are you shouldn't belong there. You, You don't, no need to continue being there. I love that. I love that. I love the positive thinking. I love the attitude of gratitude. I I love all of that. One of the things that that really helps me is, you know, honestly, I'll get up in the mornings and I'll say my little my little prayer. I remind myself today is going to be a good day. I kind of speak those positive things. I already kind of put it in my head. And then I go on Pinterest. Yes, I'm one of those Pinterest moms. And I look for positive quotes. And what I do, I find those positive quotes. It's just kind of like another more positive affirmations. And then I send them to friends that I know I'm going to respond to, that I know I'm going to interact with throughout the day. And even those like friends that are not here, I send them to my sisters. But I like sharing those feel goods, mm-hmm. just those reminders. And to me, you know, making others feel good or just reminding them, helping them to feel better about themselves makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> right. So oh, I want to be is, on your list. Awesome. <laughs> I can add you. I can definitely <laughs> add you, but I do it every morning. And, and usually before my feet hit the floor, I make mm-hmm. sure that I, I take time to do that. But I do have to time myself because, you know, Pinterest, kind of like Facebook, lost. you can get lost in it. But, you know, especially on, on the positive vibes and positive things. But that's I my tip. That. Keep it positive and, and share it. Share the love. Share the love. That's awesome. I feel most confident when I am thoughtfully responding to something versus reacting to it, which has taken so much practice. And there's definitely days where it feels more challenging. But when I am using my breath as a tool to keep me in a good space where I feel good about how I'm thinking internally in my head, how I'm responding to others, such a big thing for me was when I could stop wishing for so many do-overs all the time mm-hmm. because I just did something so quickly without thinking about it. So my biggest tool for my confidence is really using my breath to help me stay present, to keep me out of ruminating about the past or like we talked about before, worrying about the future when 90% of what we worry about doesn't actually happen. But really staying in the present moment, three nice long deep breaths, settles down your nervous system, refocuses your energy, energy, brings you clarity, calms you down so that you can thoughtfully respond to something versus react. And that's probably been, along with self-compassion, the biggest game changer in my life and really, really affected my confidence as well. Awesome. I love that. I um, I don't know. Uh, I'm. How do I follow up with all of you ladies? You found it. <laughs> um, I have been a Reiki master for, oh, good Lord, years, many, many years. I don't want to date myself. There are five Reiki tenets, if you're not familiar with them. And the first one is just for today. I will not worry. Worry is energy projected into the future. If you're in the moment, you cannot be worrying about something. Just for today, I will not be angry. Angry is, or anger is energy projected into the past. You, you can't be angry about something 
in, you know, beyond that moment, the thing is not the thing. You're experiencing a biological attachment and anchor to the thing. It's no longer existing. Just for today, I'll be grateful for my many blessings. Um, when you learn to count your blessings, when you learn that you can bless the lessons, it's fabulous. Just for today, I will be gentle and kind with myself and all others. Um, putting yourself first in that conversation, I think, is the most important. And just for today, I will do what I love with all my being and consciousness. I think those five tenets, and, and for those who are not familiar with Reiki, just use them as a meditation. I try and live by it, and I try and teach by it. So I think it's a great tool. You know, I need to thank all of you. I get so much information and just affirmation from being in these conversations with you. So I need to share my gratitude for all of you being on this show today because there's so much love, not fear here. There isn't doubt. We all have it at times, but we are truly, you know, we learn so much from one another. So thank you all for participating today. Thank you. Thank you you. for having us. No, my pleasure, honestly. So we are finishing up our show today, and we are talking about doubt with Cynthia Rowland, Kimberly Rinaldi, Lou Paget, Allie Katz, and Tosombra Kimes. I'm Linda Crater. We will be back with you for another show next week with more amazing dynamic women, and you can find out more on iTunes. Thank you. We will be back to talk to you again next week. Make it a great one. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.